Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. How are you? Welcome to No Limits. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Cade, and I'm the lead pastor here alongside my wife, Beth. And at No Limits, we're here to help you know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. Isn't that good stuff? Go ahead and look at somebody next to you and say, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Didn't the kids do a great job? Man, that was such good stuff. Loved it. And speaking of kids, in just a few weeks, my wife will be giving birth to our fourth kiddo. And uh, she's a pro at this. You know how I know she's a pro? It's because she will have given birth to four kids in five years. And let me tell you, we didn't have them that close together because I have baby fever. The reason we had them that close together is because I love my wife. And I honestly consider it a great blessing to be raising God's kids because we realize they're just kind of on loan to us. We get to partner with God and raise these kids. It's awesome. But you know how small kids tend to be afraid of the dark? And then all it takes, you just got to put turn on this little bitty nightlight, and it somehow just drives away all the darkness and makes them not scared anymore. It's really amazing what a little light can do. And my oldest daughter, Leanna, she likes a lot of light. And I'll be honest with you, she gets it from me. I'm that person that first thing in the morning, I go open all the blinds and turn on all the lights. And Beth wonders why I got to do that, but I like a lot of light. In our master bathroom, we have, each vanity has four lights over it, and we have these super high-powered daylight bulbs in all eight of those lights, and because you know, Beth's got to get her makeup right. You ladies got to have the light just right, right? To make sure you're looking good, you're looking on fleek when you get out the house. But we only use these during the day because we have this other like low-powered light that we turn on at night because nobody wants to turn on those bright lights when it's dark outside, but Leanna, when she was a little bit younger... She, would, she's, she was always the first one awake. She still is. And she would come in to use our bathroom and flip on the bright lights. And I can't tell you how many times Beth and I were rudely awakened out of our sleep by these lights coming on at like 5 a.m. in the morning. Now, luckily, it took us a while to get her to understand why she should use the other light instead, but we finally got through to her. And now she doesn't even use our bathroom at all because it turns out when you have lots of small kids running around, you end up having to set some boundaries because you need some space, like you need your own space, at least somewhere, even if it is just the bathroom, right? (laughs) Now, I tell you this story to show you guys that it just takes a little bit of light to dispel darkness. And when you read through the Bible, you read over and over about light overcoming darkness, and it's a big deal. So let's go to the first time light is mentioned in the Bible, because the first time anything is mentioned in the Bible, it's kind of like there's significance to that first time. And wouldn't you believe it? It's in the very first chapter of the very first book of the Bible in Genesis. Let me show it to you. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So God was hovering over this darkness, and he's like, you know what? I don't don't really like this. So I'm going to have to do something about it. And here's what he said. Let there be light. So if your kids don't like the dark, don't get mad at them. God doesn't like it either. They're just being like their heavenly father. But there's significance in this. The first words that God's, the first words that God says that's recorded in the Bible is let there be light. And then all throughout the Bible, you're going to read about light overcoming darkness. Even thousands of years later, here's how Jesus described his life. 
In John 12, 46, it says, this is Jesus talking. He says, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world. So all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. So God in Genesis was motivated by darkness to create light. And then Jesus was motivated by cultural darkness to come and be the light. And that's why we're celebrating Christmas, because Jesus came to save us from the dark. Christmas doesn't exist so we can have a nice holiday and give gifts and eat more food than we do the rest of the year. Like, that's not the purpose of Christmas, although all that stuff's fine. It's fun. But Christmas is here because Jesus came to overcome darkness. And to illustrate this, I actually want to share a part of the Christmas story that you don't hear much this time of year. You see, the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, they're all dedicated to telling the story of Jesus. In the first and the third book, Matthew and Luke, they tell what's called the Christmas story, which was what we hear all the time during Christmas, the birth of Jesus. But Mark and John, they kind of skip over the birth of Jesus and then just talk about Jesus as an adult. And sometimes we miss this. So let me show it to you. We're going to go to John chapter 1, and it says, In the beginning, the Word, and the Word here is talking about Jesus. So in the beginning, Jesus already existed. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. In other words, the story of Jesus, it didn't start in the manger. He's been here all along. He's always been a part of what God's been doing. And that's John's version of the Christmas story. It's not what you'd expect. It's not the birth story like we would think. But he starts at the very beginning. And then he says, the word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. So this right here is the real Christmas story. The other gospels give the details of the birth of Jesus. But this gives the significance of the birth of Jesus. You see, Jesus came to overcome Darkness, because no matter who you are, myself included, like we all have darkness in our lives. I remember my first encounter with depression, and it came on me shortly after our second kid was born, because the lack of sleep with a newborn, combined with three members of my immediate family, my close family, they passed away within months of each other. It was just like bam, bam, bam. I just kind of slipped into this darkness. It was just a lot to handle. And maybe you can relate to that. Like maybe the cause is different, like maybe you lost a job or you're struggling with your health or like whatever it could be, like we've all experienced some kind of darkness, but there's one kind of darkness that's worse than all of that, and it's spiritual darkness. It's when you keep living in sin and you don't have any way to get out of it, so you just kind of carry it around and you just keep piling it on and piling it on. And listen, I sin like everybody else in the room. We all, we all do that, but the difference is I know that I can take my mistakes to my Savior, Jesus Christ, and He will not only forgive me, but He's going to dust me off, He's going to clean me up, and He's going to help me live free from sin. He doesn't excuse my sin, He helps me live free from sin, and that's really what we all want, is freedom. But there's nothing darker than carrying around the weight of your own bad choices, like the guilt and the shame and the regret, like it's just really heavy to carry. And when looking for stories in the Bible about Jesus overcoming darkness, you can find a lot of them. (laughs) But I'm just going to share one of them with you this morning. And this is when the religious leaders of the day, they caught a woman committing adultery. And then they tried to use this woman to trick Jesus. So they brought this woman to Jesus, and they made sure that Jesus knew, like the, the punish for her sin was that she would be stoned to death according to the law. And so they asked Jesus, so what are you going to do, Jesus? Are you going to kill this woman? and fulfill the law? Are you going to have mercy and break the law? Of course, Jesus knew exactly what to do. And he said, all right, y'all, whoever's without sin, go ahead and throw the first stone. 
Go for it. They thought they had Jesus in a pickle, but he turned it right around on him and put them in a pickle. That's good stuff. Jesus was a funny guy. At this point, though, all the religious leaders, they walked away one by one because apparently nobody was without sin. Anybody in here want to throw the first stone? I sure don't. So it was just her and Jesus left, and he said, who accuses you? And she said, no one. And he said, neither do I. Go and do what? Sin no more. Don't do that anymore. And you've probably heard or read that story before because it's pretty popular in churches, but that's not where the story ends, although we like to end it there. The most profound thing happens in the very next scripture. Take a look. Jesus spoke to the people and he said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. So this is what Jesus said right after this whole ordeal with the woman who had committed adultery. He said, hey, guys, did you see that woman? She walked away with freedom because I gave her light, and I want to give you light as well. It's here. Do you want it? So Jesus wants to bring life, light to you. He wants to bring light to your marriage, to your health, to your kids, to everything in your life. Jesus wants to flood your life with light so that you no longer have to walk in darkness. Just like Leanna, he wants to come flip on all those daylight bulbs at five in the morning and wake you up. And at this point, you might be thinking, Kate, is it is it really that easy? Like you just have to flip on the light. Well, there is a condition. And we actually read about it in the very first scripture. Let there be light. You have to let Jesus bring light into your life. I think we all know what the word let means, but I decided to look it up in the dictionary anyways and take a look. Not prevent or forbid, but to allow. Who would have known that the dictionary could preach better than me? Like when I looked up this in the dictionary, I was like, man, I thought I was at church right then. Amen, Brother Webster. Like that is good stuff. But here's what it's saying. You don't have to convince Jesus to bring light into your life. You don't have to do anything for Jesus to bring light into your life. He's sitting there. He's patiently waiting for you to not forbid him, not prevent him, but to allow him into your life. It's just like when you flip on a light at home, the electricity is always there. It's just waiting for you to allow it to travel through to the light bulb, right? You just got to flip on the switch. So to get out of darkness, you simply what? Let there be light. And this isn't a one-time thing. It's a daily choice. Every day, you have to wake up and you make the choice to follow Jesus. Because if you don't, you're going to find yourself walking in darkness. Honestly, I've been concerned lately because I see a lot of people that are claiming to be a Christian, and yet they welcome darkness into their life. And they even encourage their friends and their family to walk in darkness. And I get it, like culture plays a good game. They really do. They convince us that it's wrong to talk about what the Bible calls sin. Anybody heard that? They try to make you feel guilty for talking about that stuff. But we've ignored sin for years now. And look at the result. Is it a good result? Like, are people living more fulfilled lives? Are they happier than they used to be? Are relationships stronger than they used to be? Are are things better? Are more people following Jesus? Is it working? No, people are miserable because they believe the lie that it's better to live in darkness than to face the light and let Jesus set them free. The American church has just played along with this too. It's really sad. We've painted this beautiful, fraudulent picture that all you have to do is say a prayer on Sunday morning and you can be saved and go to heaven. That's a fun picture to look at, isn't it? Everybody like that? But salvation can't be purchased 
There's nothing you can do to be saved. A prayer, saying a prayer is not going to save you. There's nothing you can do to be saved. What saves you is believing in Jesus. And when you believe in Jesus, you follow Jesus. I mean, following Jesus is not what saves you. People get this backwards all the time. Following Jesus is not what saves you. Following Jesus is a byproduct. It's the result of believing in Jesus. I mean, you don't follow anything that you don't believe in. You don't. Like, if you didn't believe in your football team, you sure wouldn't be following them. Some people believe in the Dallas Cowboys, some don't. Right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? But when you do believe in something, you follow it with everything that you have. So listen to me. If you think you're saved, but you're not following Jesus, you don't believe in Jesus. You believe in something else. Maybe it's what the mainstream media has been telling you. Maybe it's what your college professor told you back in school because they thought that their way was higher and better than the way of Jesus. Maybe you just believe what you want to believe. But the reality is, if you're not following Jesus, you really don't believe in Jesus because when you believe in Jesus, you follow Jesus. If you found out this morning that you don't believe in Jesus, today is the day to change your belief. And it's important that you do because believing in Jesus is the only way to eternity in heaven. If you don't believe in Jesus, you are going to spend eternity in hell. And it's going to be like hell when you're here on earth too. I can tell you that. And I know this is hard to hear and I, this is our Christmas service. So wasn't I supposed to keep things light and cheery? <laughs> but I care more about telling you guys the truth. You have to know the truth. And if you think that I've been too forward with you today, let me just show you what Jesus would say today if he was up here. These are his words found in John eight forty seven. Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. Come on, Jesus. That's a little hard. Can you wait and not share that one on the Christmas service? So how do you know if you truly belong to God? You gladly listen to his words. You gladly follow the Bible and what it says. Even when it goes against what you want to do, even when it goes against what culture tells you to do, especially then when culture says something that's contrary to the word of God, you follow the word of God and you gladly listen to it. So I want to end this message with a question. And then I'm going to give you a minute to just reflect on this question before we move on. And here's the question. Do I truly belong to God? And if the answer is yes, that's awesome. Just take this time right now to thank him for his word. But if you don't know the answer to this question, now's the time to let there be light. And you let there be light by simply believing in Jesus. So go ahead and bow your heads right now. I want you to reflect on this question. Do I truly belong to God?
Jesus good? Thanks for singing with us. You guys can take a seat for just a few more minutes. If you chose to believe in Jesus today, that's so awesome. And it's a journey that you don't want to walk alone, and we're here to help you along that journey. But the thing is, we can't help you if we don't know. So we set up an easy way for you to tell us. You simply text the word Jesus to 918-373-9883, and we'll reach out to you, and we'll help you with your next steps. We really just want to walk alongside you, and we would be honored if you'd go ahead and send that text. I recommend just pulling out your phone and sending it now, because I don't want you to forget. Now, last Sunday, we took an entire service to honor God with what He's done through our church in 2020. Even in the midst of COVID, this church has been thriving through it all. And let me tell you, nothing can stop God's power working through you except you. All right? (laughs) So it doesn't matter what's going on around us. We can continue to thrive and make a tremendous impact on those around us if we'll just let his power work through us, because trust me, he wants to. And that's exactly what we've been doing here at No Limits. We've overcome the odds, and we've given more than $49,000 away to missions and outreach in a year of the pandemic. That represents more than 30% of our income all being sent outside the doors. All of our bills have been paid all year long. Our landlord was even surprised that we didn't ask to skip rent. I mean, this is what God can do when you just say, yes, God, we're going to do this your way. We're going to believe in your word. And get this, I'm about to like start a Facebook ad and just let everybody know we've been back at church since May. We, I think we only missed six Sundays. We came back. We haven't social distanced or masked. And I know that's probably like, I shouldn't say that out loud, but I just said it. 
Nobody has contracted COVID at church in like nine months. So I want you to know that the power of God is here and he's protecting you. His word promises us that he will protect us. And that's what I've been praying over you guys this whole time. And it's come true. Nobody's gotten it. So don't worry about walking away today thinking, oh, I might have got COVID. It's pretty packed in there. Nope, no COVID in this place. It has to die. It can't even come in the door. Amen. God is good. And I'm serious, y'all. I ain't making this stuff up. That's what God promises us in his word. No pestilence will come near you. That's what he says. Go look it up in Psalm 91. Woo! Amen. Well, if you want to give today and you're given by cash or check, raise your hand and one of our ushers will bring you an offering envelope. You can give online anytime. And how you do that, that is you type in nolimits.fyi into the address bar on your phone. There's a giving button there. You tap that. It'll get you where you need to go. Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.